Hey, it's Zach here, and super quick before we dive into the show. If you haven't already, I want to make sure that you have subscribed to my free weekly Case of the Mondays newsletter, because it is where I share my best advice, strategies, and mindsets to help you design a creative career that you absolutely love showing up for every Monday morning. When you sign up, I'll even send you a bonus five-day email course to help you clarify and prioritize the next small steps in your unique path to success. To sign up, just visit optimizeyourself.me slash newsletter. All right, on to today's episode. My name is Zach Arnold, and I'm a former Hollywood film and television editor turned career strategist and the creator of Optimize Yourself, where I help artists, creatives, and storytellers just like you design the more balanced, more sustainable, and more fulfilling creative career that you deserve. In a nutshell, I'm Tim Ferriss meets Ted Lasso, minus the mustache, because I am obsessed with both learning everything I can about optimizing human potential while also inspiring you to realize yours. If you are ready to step outside your comfort zone, let's dive right in and unlock the optimized version of you. Hello, and welcome to the Optimize Yourself podcast, where I share honest and candid conversations with best-selling authors, world-class athletes, Hollywood legends, elite experts in a variety of fields, as well as everyday people that are achieving extraordinary things. It means the world to me that with all the podcast choices out there, you have chosen to invest your valuable time, energy, and attention with me. Now, before we get started, don't forget to visit optimizeyourself.me slash podcast so you can subscribe, leave a review, and so you can also download your unique customized podcast playlist where I'm gonna send you the five best expert interviews from our archives to help you achieve your specific goals. So on that note, without further ado, let's get right to today's guest. There's at least one point in our lives when we make the stark realization that we no longer enjoy what we do. The passion has long since gone, and we are only there for the paycheck. This is what I call the comfort trap. There are few discoveries more terrifying in your career than when you realize that you are just comfortable. Once you decide that it's time to make a major transition, you then have to confront the fact that you've most likely spent much, if not all of your career, making stuff, yet you've never focused on the soft skills of selling yourself. And in the 21st century gig economy, whether you like it or not, you are a business and your business is selling your creative services. It doesn't matter how awesome your work is if nobody knows that you are awesome. My guest today is editor of 20 years and also a longtime friend and colleague, Joaquin Elizondo, who has adapted to change faster than most people that I know. And he has transitioned between multiple genres to land where he is now editing projects that fulfill him. In our conversation, Joaquin and I talk about his journey across multiple mediums, genres, and even different parts of the country to land his dream job editing Narcos Mexico. We discuss the mindsets that he uses to combat perfectionism and procrastination, which, by the way, in my opinion, are frankly one and the same thing. And we also go deep into the reasons why helping others and building communities is so necessary now more than ever in our current times. Whether you were looking for a mentor, career advice, or frankly, a new best friend, Joaquin is an amazing resource who's also the founder of Hollywood Editing Mentor, which is an amazing site that I highly recommend for anyone that's looking to escape the comfort trap, where you can instead level up your soft skills as an assistant or as an editor, where you can learn how to build your network, where you can get career transition guidance, and so much more. All right, without further ado, my conversation with editor Joaquin Elizondo. I'm here today with Joaquin Elizondo, who is a film and television editor, and now I'm so excited to say the creator and founder of Hollywood Editing Mentor, 
And the one thing I want to add to your resume that you didn't add in your introduction, you also have the distinction of being the one person in Los Angeles that has known me longer than anyone else, including my wife. Oh, you man. And I, <laughs> you and I go all the way back to the University of Michigan many, many, many years ago. So I'm very excited that after all these years, we're finally getting this conversation on the record. So I appreciate you being here. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm glad to, uh, you know, finally make it here on your podcast and go blue. I do have to say it this time. I'm not going to miss it. Uh, we won't say how many years it's been, right? But, uh, you know, been a while. Uh, we might go. <laughs> Let's just say that uh, it's been a long time. Um, but yeah, you, you, our story goes all the way back to you and I were in a, a, a scripted, um, I think it was like a multicam comedy class, uh, yep. junior or senior year of college. And we got, uh, we ended up being in the same group, uh, writing, shooting, directing, acting. And we just got to, to hang out and, and learn from each other and became friends. And then after college, we diverged in different directions. I've been in Los Angeles literally since six days after crossing, walking across the aisle and graduating, have lived in LA since six days after that. And you, on the other hand, went in a very different path and you're still relatively new to this side of the world and this side of the industry. So let's start from the beginning. College graduation, you want to get into filmmaking. Where do you go first? Well, after graduation, you know, I, I grew up in, in San Diego and Tijuana. I grew up along the border. I mean, I was, you know, I had always... You know, I lived in Tijuana, Mexico, uh, all my life, and you know, would commute to, to San Diego side, to US side, the U.S. side, uh, to go to school and work. So when I came after Michigan, I came back. I, I came back to Tijuana with my parents, and I at that time wanted to. Well, at that time, I wanted to be a DP, director of photography. Um, I did not know where to start, where to look if I wanted to work, and I just did not know. Uh, so the first job that I got was, uh, as a cameraman slash editor on a local news station in San Diego, a Spanish language, uh, station. And I was there for about three years. And then, you know, I realized that it was just not creatively fulfilling. Um, even though I was, you know, I learned a lot, really was very hands-on. I learned about using, you know, camera work, editing, uh, it was still tape to tape at that time. Uh, NLEs were fairly new. Uh, and engineering, I mean, you know, calibrating monitors, doing live shots. I mean, I learned a, a lot. I, I think I was even a reporter for <laughs> a couple of times. Um, so, but I wanted more. It was just, like I said, not creatively fulfilling. Uh, after that, I worked in commercials and promos in San Diego still. Uh, and that was for about three years. And again, after those three years, I was like, man, I want more. I'm not, this is not challenging me. Like I want to work on bigger projects. Uh, I still had a, wanted to work in film. I just, again, did not know who to contact, where to look. And I just really was focused on making money, right? I, it was easy to get a paycheck. I was a staff employee. Uh, and that was just, I was very comfortable. It was a union job, actually, that I had in San Diego. So, I, I mean, it was, it was pretty great. Um, but it, after three years being at the, working at that uh, you know, TV station doing promos and commercials, I knew I wanted more. And so I, quit my job. I went traveling, backpacking in Southeast Asia, and then moved to New York City with no contacts, just went out there and see what I could find. Uh, and, you know, I had to kind of first work in, again, local TV because I just needed to make money, right? Uh, and I had, didn't know the freelance life. I was always a staff employee. So that was difficult, um, just kind of learning that, learning how to work as a freelancer. Uh, eventually, you know, just started hustling, 
getting on bigger, you know, projects, say like for HBO Sports, um, doing stuff for uh, Bravo, uh, NBC, and little by little, just, you know, again, I was, I was shooting and editing and just started to work on bigger projects. Eventually, I started just being the lead editor on uh, Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen on Bravo. And I think that's where I realized kind of like, you know what, I like editing. I don't have to carry around gear, uh, especially in the, in the humid, hot, humid uh, New York uh, summer or in the winter. Uh, you know, it was great. And I just kind of connected more with editing. I did an a, a independent documentary for my friend where I really just, I, I realized how much I enjoyed editing and I realized I was not connecting with videography, you know, or being a cameraman anymore. And I had, and it was kind of, that was kind of weird because I had to realize, I had to, I had to accept that even though that was my, what I wanted to do, I was connecting more with editing and it was sad and it was great also at the same time, right? So I was in New York for about five years and, you know, I, I got tired of New York. I, I, I love it. I just can't live there anymore. I'm, I'm from Southern California. I want to be back in, in LA. Because obviously the work is there, right? And so I decided to move to LA again, had no job. I was a little bit confident though, maybe because I was um, had a successful career in New York. I felt I could just come to LA and I could just start working. Boy, that, <laughs> that, how wrong was I? It was, it was very difficult. The first year in LA was extremely difficult finding work. And so when I got to LA, um, I could not find work in what I was doing, say like in like talk shows and you know, just unscripted stuff. And so I just said to myself, you know what? If I'm here, I'm not finding anything, I might as well try to get into scripted, right? If I'm not really getting any work, I might as well just focus my intention on getting into scripted. Well, how do I do that? I still did not know how to do any of that. Uh, like I've always told you, Zach, uh, when you did the Fitness in Post, you know, program and podcast, that definitely was uh, helped me a lot in finding out what steps to take in order to get into scripted. Uh, from there, I just kind of, you know, I guess just started hustling. And, and, and one of the, the big things, I think the most important things that I did was to start getting on indie features, right? Um, and started getting that experience. I know that at one point, uh, you, uh, I helped you out with uh, doing a project. And you said, hey, uh, I think a job came your way, a short film. And you said, hey, man, I, I you know, I want to show, uh, I want to, you know, I'm grateful for what you did for me. I'm going to pass this along to you. I'm not guaranteeing you anything because you might, you don't have the experience, but you know what? I'm putting your name in the hat. Well, I got that job. It was editing uh, a short film. It was an action short film, really cool fight sequence that it had. I had never cut anything remotely close to that. Somehow director Simon uh, Cassinides, uh, I love that guy, uh, gave me the opportunity to cut that film. And that certainly opened up opportunities for me. It didn't happen right away, but down the line, it really did. Um, at the moment, I didn't, I didn't realize what it could do for me, right? Because, uh, you know, it was just this little short film. It was, you know, produced really well, but I just didn't think that that would lead anywhere. Of course, that gets me then onto a union feature film assisting, but simply because I knew the workflow for the uh, Alexa Mini. That got, but, you know, I learned that on that job, and so that the editor hired me on this union feature film. It was tier zero, but you know, I couldn't pay my bills, but it got me the right experience. And then it kind of started snowballing from there. I just started making better decisions as far as like what projects to get involved in. And that was really working on narrative projects, even though they were low budget, um, but started working in that. Eventually just started then filling in on more union jobs, a week here, two weeks there, and just started going, 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 going until eventually uh, I landed Narcos Mexico and that was my first uh, 
you know, a full season of a scripted TV show and then was able, as an assistant, and then was able to get bumped up uh, pretty quickly to editor uh, on that show. Um, but basically, what happened was that um, I went, I, you know, I went through a lot of mistakes. I, I committed a lot of mistakes. I learned from them. And it was just kind of trial and error, see what worked, see what worked. Um, and I met a lot of people. I mean, the post community is great in LA. They helped me a lot. I certainly did not do this alone. And so after all that, uh, you know, this pandemic hits, uh, I, I, you know, I, I was working on a, on a show, obviously gets cut off. Uh, and I say to myself, hey, what can I do right now to, to create some type of income? I mean, I did not work for like six months, so I knew it was going to be a while to create some income and also to just create something for myself, right? Like a project, like a personal project that I could use to help people because a lot of people helped me on my journey. And basically what I came up with was Hollywood Editing Mentor. Uh, and it was based on my experience of trying to break into scripted, coming to LA, uh, not knowing anyone uh, and figuring things out kind of by myself and just, by just simply, honestly, committing mistakes, right? And so I'm taking that, all that knowledge that I gained from, from the mistakes that I made and also just talking to people, all the networking that I did, and now create a program to help people who are trying to do the same thing, who are trying to either break into scripted or advance their careers in, in just in post-production in general. I've been working, like I said, I, I started local news. I did promos, commercials, talk shows, sports. So I've been, you know, in very many areas of post-production, right? So this doesn't necessarily apply to just, say, scripted television, even though that's what I work in right now. I've only been in scripted for three years. But, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for almost 20 years, working in, in, in broadcasting and media. And so I can certainly, you know, talk about many other exit areas of, of post-production. Um, but the idea is basically for me to, to help people because I understand what that feels like, what that journey feels like. I know what it feels like to be out there alone. And I know what it, you know, we often just need someone to guide us. And so that's what I want to do to pe for people. Uh, people have helped me out a lot. I have a lot of mentors myself. And so that is what I'm trying to do with uh, Hollywood Editing Mentor. Well, as a fellow podcaster, you clearly know what you're doing. You don't need me. So that was great. Thanks so much for, uh, for being on the show today. You told your story. I didn't need to say a word. I just stand back like, uh-huh, uh-huh, like all the beats covering all, all the bases. I love it. Um, however, there's a whole lot in there that I want to unpack. We're going to come back to this idea of where you are now, this idea that you can't do it alone. Because I think it's especially in post-production, this, it's this way universally just human existence and trying to achieve any goal. But in post-production especially, we feel the sense of isolation because our jobs are so solitary. We're stuck in a dark room by ourselves. We assume that we have to do it by ourselves, and everybody else has figured it out but us. Why can't I, everybody else seems to be getting the jobs that they want. Why can't I figure it out? Nobody does it alone. And you take it upon yourself to realize that I want to be that person that people can come to, to learn what are the steps that I took where you might be stuck. I was also once stuck in that place. Let me help you navigate it. So I want to come back to this place, but I first want to hit the rewind button. There's a few, a few different spots that I really want to highlight that I think are going to be so important for the people that are listening. I want to go all the way back to about three, four, five years after graduation. You used an incredibly important word. You just kind of threw it out there and you don't even realize you said it. But this is a really detrimental, dangerous word for people to use. And you said, I was comfortable. Mm -hmm. I was right. job to yeah. job, full time, had the paycheck coming in, had the money coming in. I was comfortable. 
And comfort is death, in my opinion. If I'm comfortable, it's time to make a different life choice because that means that I've I've wrung everything that I have out of this opportunity. So a lot of people get stuck in comfort. They say, well, I've got the mortgage, I've got the car payment, maybe I even have kids. I'm too comfortable and I'm too stuck to be able to make a transition. So what do you think it is about you that when you were in that position of comfort, there was some specific thought or something about the way you're wired that said, nope, I'm not going to stay with comfort. I want to embrace and go towards the discomfort. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think it has a lot to do, honestly, with my upbringing. You know, for me, from a young age, I was taught to always kind of think big, right? I mean, like, that's just how my family is, my parents. You know, I, one of the things is, for example, like, you know, as a kid, like, I mean, they, I, I talked about college, going to big, a big college as a, as a young child. I mean, they took me, my uncle once took me to Yale University, like when I was in, I don't know, elementary school or something, just to go see it, right? They're like, you got to dream big. I think it comes from there. I came back to, when I was in San Diego, I had an uncle uh, who was, obviously, he's one of my mentors. Uh, he's always guided me, kind of my career. And so he was living in New York. And I remember visiting him. I would visit him every, every year. And one day I was, I was in Bryant Park, uh, like in October, I remember, because October was my favorite time of the year in, uh, in New York. And I was there in Bryant Park with him. And I was looking around, it's perfect fall day. And I said to myself, like, I want to be here. I want to be in this big city. I just have always big dreams or big goals, right? I mean, I can't be, even though I was very comfortable in San Diego, like I said, I was, you know, like I said, I was making good money and I was working and kind of what I wanted to do. I mean, in broadcasting, but deep down inside, I knew I was going to regret it down the line if I'd never um, made the move. I always have that in my mind. I think always like not wanting to regret things. Like I want to try it. If I fail, then I failed, but I can always say I did it. All this honestly comes from just simply my family, I think, uh, my upbringing, like I said. And so I was there in New York and I said to myself, uh, you know what? I got to do it. I just got to leave it behind. I can't make it perfect. I can't, you know, wait till I get the job. I just need to go back to San Diego, quit my job, and then move on. Just go for a jump. Close your eyes and jump. And so that's what I did. And that's where things started. It was, it was not easy. I'll tell you this right now. It was not easy. I went through some tough times, but it was the best decision that I ever made in my life. Honestly. And I, I love that you were in New York City at some point and you're thinking, meh, not big enough. I think now I need to go to Los <laughs> Angeles and I need to make this even harder and more uncertain, right? Right. So mm -hmm. talk, talk to me a little bit more about first landing in Los Angeles and realizing, oh boy, this is not going to be as easy as I thought. This is a much bigger ocean than I anticipated. Yeah, I got to say, it was, I think, Oh, a little bit overly confident leaving New York. I'll, I'll accept it uh, because it went really well eventually. I it was very comfortable in New York. I could have stayed there and be, it would have been really comfortable. Honestly, I just, you know, I'm from Southern California and I just, I, that's, I knew where I want, that's where I wanted to be. Um, and that's why I left. Uh, but I'll say this. Um, for me, once I did that big move to New York City, I realized that fear was gone, right? I did it. I took that step. I, I jumped. I closed my eyes and jumped and I realized, oh, wait a minute. It's fine. I'm here. Sure. It's a lot of work, but everything is pretty okay. So that I think to me, uh, like I said, got me over that fear of, of being adventurous, trying new things, just going for it. Uh, so when I went to moving to LA, you know, I knew I wanted to be there. Uh, when I got there and I, I got so many rejections in, in LA, man, 
I mean, it was hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, wow. Like I, I even thought about like what would be plan B because it was, the first year was terrible. I could, you know, even the stuff that I was doing in New York, the same type of jobs, like I would, I could not get them in LA. No one was hiring me. It, it was terrible. Um, and so I did question my abilities myself. I mean, I, I, like I said, I was already looking for, for plan B, but then I realized that, no, man, I don't want to do anything else. Like, this is what I love doing and I have to make it work. I'm going to figure it out. But of course, I always had, you know, my support team or, or like my, my family, friends around me saying, you got this, right? I, I, because by myself, I, I really broke down at times. I was close to quitting. And so if it wasn't for all these people around me, this community, also, I got to say the post community in LA, like I couldn't have done it. So that's why it's important for you people to surround you and to support you and for you to go out there and look for that. Say, hey, I need support. I need help. I need someone to guide me. I think it's very important. Yeah, I mean, clearly you and I are on the same page when it comes to support and community and providing that support and mentorship and whatnot. There's a lesson in here that I want to extract that I teach in my coaching program. I'm assuming you probably teach something similar. When people ask me, like, well, what is it that made you so successful? Like, you've worked on all these shows and now you're on Cobra Kai and yada, yada, yada. There is nothing about me that's any more special than you or anyone else that does this job. But there's one thing that I think is the contributor to my ability to be successful in this industry or choose any goal, whether it's as you know, batshit crazy as becoming an American Ninja Warrior. What I'm good at is failing faster than everyone else. I fail spectacularly fast. I jump in, I get it wrong, I figure it out, I iterate, and I do it again. And I think that's something that you embrace as well, where you said, I was, it wasn't perfect, I didn't have the job lined up, and I think so many people are waiting for things to be perfect. There's this idea of ready, aim, fire. And one of my favorite sayings from Joe DeSena, who's the founder of the Spartan Race, and that's actually one of the, the first times you and I met back in person was we ran a Spartan Race together. But he says, fire, aim, ready. So you just fire, then you figure it out. And that's what you did. You said, I don't need to have the perfect job. I don't need to be in the perfect position. I'm just going to go and I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to be okay with failing. And I think so many people are afraid of that, that they stay stuck and they stay comfortable. Absolutely. No, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's the same thing with the, you know, this Hollywood editing mentor program. You know, when I started it, I was not going to wait again till, for things to be perfect. I was just going to, I just started it. I'm going, I'm building the website. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. So yeah, I, I, you know, it goes back to that when I left for New York, that to me, I got over all that, that fear. And, and from then on, I just took risks. I just decided that, you know, I'm not going to wait around for things to be perfect. I'm just going to go and get it myself. And if I fail, then perfect. It's a learning opportunity. And I think that just simply for me in general, that, that applies to just my life in general. I just, I just, you know, that's how I learn. I have to try it and then, and then see, you know, uh, <laughs> I, try, I just have to try it. And if it doesn't work, then, then yes, I'll just go back. Like you said, and I'll figure it out. And then there, we, there, I figured it out. It's good. Move on to the next thing. Um, but yes, I agree with you. I think, and I think a lot of people, yes, uh, are, are afraid of that. Don't have necessarily that mentality. And I, and I got to say, I, at some point I didn't either, but it, it, you know, I just had to, like I said, I, I say it all the time. It's like, I just had to close my eyes and just jump. I, that's really it's, it's, I don't know if I want to say as simple as that, but it's just kind of, it's because it's that fear, right? Of the unknown. But in the end, just, you know, and that's why I'm here to tell people and just probably you as well. I'm sure it's like, hey, it's going to be fine. 
it's gonna be fine, but you just gotta take that step. You're gonna be okay. My sincerest apologies for the interruption, but if you're a creative professional who spends long hours at your workstation, not only is the following promo not an interruption, but listening has the potential to change your life. Because working with a topo mat underneath you at a height adjustable workstation is a game changer. Let's learn a little bit more from ErgoDriven co-founder and CEO Kit Perkins, creator of the topo mat. The topo mat is the first anti-fatigue mat designed specifically for standing desks. The real benefit of a standing desk is movement. We found bringing in this cushioned terrain under your feet, your brain just subconsciously engages and you wander around and you get that movement at the standing desk that you need without even having to think about it at all. People will come to me at an event or a panel and they'll say, I got the topo mat because of you. Even when they had a mat, once they used this one, it was a total game changer. We've just heard time and time again that with topo, we've kind of hit the sweet spot that it's the right premium quality materials and a right shape that people are actually getting benefit out of this stuff. You spend more time here than anywhere if you do creative work the way that I do. So I would rather be driving around in a Ferrari than a Ford Pinto. And I feel like this is the Ferrari of the standing mat. One of the things you don't realize is that at a standing desk, your main interface to the world, your body's main interface to the world is the ground. If you're going to invest in anything at that Ferrari level, it should be what you're standing on. Well, my goal is that for anybody that is a creative professional like myself that's stuck in front of a computer for inordinate amounts of time of their waking life, they're doing it standing on a tilt Matt. So uh, you and I, my friend, one edit station at a time are going to change the world. I like it. That's a utopian vision I can get on board with. If you're a creative professional looking for a simple and affordable way to stay active, energetic, and focused while spending long hours at your height adjustable workstation, I can't stress enough how important it is to have the right mat underneath you, which is why I continue to share the Topo Mat as my number one product recommendation. To learn more about the Topo Mat and purchase yours, visit optimizeyourself.me Topo. That's T-O-P-O. I just, I think that so many people get stuck in this idea of being a perfectionist. It's not perfect yet. And perfectionism is just another way to spell procrastination in my mind. It's just an excuse because you don't want to overcome a certain amount of fear. And I used to be the same way. Like everything had to be perfect and I had to have all my ducks in a row before I would do anything. And I lived in the state of fear. And I'd spent my whole life being top of my class, like doing everything right, always known as the, the top student or the top worker, whatever it was, which is great, but it puts so much pressure on you to perform and never exhibit that you actually fail in your human. And once I started to embrace failure, it actually got really fun. And now I just love to fail because I learn so much faster and it's so freeing. But until you've let yourself fail purposely and you turn failure into a habit, you're scared of it because you want everything to be perfect. And like you're, you're the perfect example. Once you turn failure into a habit, man, you just start to move fast. So it's, it's so true, man. I know it sounds weird to say, right? It's to be like so comfortable uh, with failure, but no, it, it just makes sense because once you do, you get over that fear and you just go for it, man. Things, things, will, things will line up. Honestly, it might take work. It usually does. Always. It always does. It, I just want to make it, the caveat. The 100% of the time, it's <laughs> going to take a work. A lot of it. <laughs> Which now I understand, you know, what you were talking about, about putting all this work. Because it is, it is work. And, but you know what? Look, if you want these things, I mean, it's, it, everything that's worth, you know, have, fighting for is going to require work. Honestly, it applies to our careers, our relationships, to anything. That's what it is. And so now, now I'm just conditioned. I mean, I've always been a hard worker. That's how, again, going back to my upbringing. But now it's like just kind of eliminating that fear 
It's so liberating. Well, talking about this idea of failing and moving fast, there's a couple of uh, fun things that I want to point out for you that you might not be aware of, but I'm very well aware of. If you were to take our paths, because really, we were standing at the starting line at essentially the exact same day, the same year. We went in very different directions, right? And we're here now. And you can look at my path, look at yours, and you can compare the two. But one thing I'd like to point out is that you got a credit on a Netflix show before I did. So there's that. And now that you're podcasting, and by the way, everybody that's thinking, oh, podcasts, well, that's not hard. You just got to record somebody on a microphone <laughs> and upload the MP3 file. Aye. Not easy, which is something that you and I talked about when you first started. It took me 17 episodes just to get somebody on the show that wasn't a buddy of mine in my hiking group. And in seven or eight episodes, you already have multiple Emmy winners. <laughs> so once again, you've beat me to the punch. So I don't even know where we're going to both be in five years from now. Cause like <laughs> the, the, the curve is just shooting straight up for you right now. Uh, well, I mean, you know, um, it, I mean, you know, it's like, it, it's, it, it's, this has been very fascinating to see how Hollywood editing mentor has taken off and how, how people have been receptive to it. Um, you know, honestly for me, I talked about this with uh, my friend Augie about this idea of no wasted work. You know, I've done so many things in, in broadcasting and in media. You know, I've, you know, I honestly, back in the day, wanted to be a, a radio host, radio DJ. Like back in the day, I was, um, you know, I was, I did radio at, at, at uh, WCBN and at U of M. You know, I had my own radio show. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I, I was a cameraman. I've learned, I have all these I've learned all these skills, right? So that I can uh, apply to this, creating this program, right? I, I can just simply do it. I can do every, a lot of stuff myself. So I've been able to kind of move it along. I don't have to really depend on a lot of people. So I can just kind of, you know, move it and move it. But I think, say, with regard to like the, the podcast with the, with, with the guests, you know, I just, I've been able to build a network here in LA pretty quickly, and so, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful to know a lot of these people and to become friends. You know, I, I, I just, I, I like, I've always enjoyed talking to people. I like making new friends. I'm always curious to hear more than anything, people's stories, right? I, I'm just, I like to learn. I, I like to soak up information. And that's the thing about, you know, Hollywood Editing Mentor Program and just in general, how I learn. I, this is the approach that I take. I learn from other people, like their experiences, right? And what I learn is that, you know, I can take bits of information from everyone. See how you did it. Because there's no set path to doing this or maybe really anything. It's, everyone has to find out their own path, discover their own path. There's no set formula. And so what I learned was that I could have to take kind of bits of information from people and see what works for me, for my personality, my work ethic, everything. And that's how I've, you know, taken that information and then kind of say, in this case, broken to say scripted. And that's kind of the approach that I take also with my mentorship program. It's this, and that's the disclaimer that I get. It's like, hey, there's no way of doing this, but I can just tell you what I did, what I learned from it, uh, you know, and just take what you can, what you find useful from this. And then, of course, we can talk about your situation. I can help you and guide you along the way. But in the end, it, you have to figure out what works for you. And honestly, a big lesson for me, I know we share this, you know, um, interested in fitness, obviously. I, I learned a lot from exercising. Like to me, I mean, when I was, I, I still run. Um, but when I started running, you know, doing half marathons, marathons, I, I injured myself a lot. And I used to follow a lot of, you know, read a lot of articles on what to do, how, you know, uh, like say what, how to, what to eat, how to train this and that. And it's, you know, those things work for certain people, right? But 
my body was reacting differently to those things. I had to find out what worked for me. And I injured myself again, mistakes, committing mistakes. I had a lot of injuries, but I learned, I learned. And finally I said, all right, I see what you're saying here. I'll take this. I see what you're saying here. I'll take that. And then finally, you know, uh, decided what works for me. Very, very similar to my approach as well. It's it's eerie how how much you and I have in common. We could not have more different upbringings. Um, <laughs> but as far as just the way that we're wired, there are so many similarities. It's downright eerie. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, what, I, what I'd like to, to get into more now is specifically Hollywood editing mentor. And I want to do it from a couple of different directions. We could easily go down the rabbit hole forever on assistant editing and TV editing and all that stuff. And I want to direct people to your site and your story if they want to go deeper into that. But there are two aspects that I want to look at with Hollywood editing mentor. One is going to be you making the transition from an artist to entrepreneur, because I think there have been a lot of people over the last seven to eight months that have had this stark, terrifying realization, oh my God, my entire livelihood is dependent on other people's projects. Now what do I do? And as a freelancer, that fear is always there. That's not new to the pandemic. The pandemic was just throwing gasoline on something that was already apparent, which is I can only support myself when other people need me to work on their stories and their projects. And you decided, you know what? I'm going to figure something else out and I'm going to build something from the ground up. So I want to first talk about that. Then we're actually going to talk about the program. But first, it's going to be that transition from artist to entrepreneur. So a lot of people that I've talked to that have reached out to me, I've had this conversation countless times. They all think the same thing. Well, how can I help anybody? I'm not an expert. Like I, 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 nobody's going to pay me for anything. Like I'm just a guy or I'm just a girl. Like why would somebody come to me and even more importantly, who do I think I am to help these people? I struggle with life. I struggle with all this. So who do I think I am to start a business? You and I worked through some of this very early during the pandemic and had some of these conversations. So share with us what your mindset was when you decided to make this transition. Yeah, well, the, first of all, you know, this happened, obviously, at the beginning of the pandemic. The, the, I knew I wanted to do something to, to, to give back. I just didn't know exactly what it was, right? And then, so that's when you and I had a conversation and you kind of helped me define that. And um, the biggest thing for me at that time uh, was I felt, you know, especially talking about mentoring, um, the idea of to, 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 to monetize this, right? To, to, to make money off of this. I quickly learned that, you know what? Wait, if I, what I hold, the information that I have, it, it, there's value to it. That has value. And so therefore, yeah, it, it's, it's not wrong to say, to ask for money for my knowledge, for my services, right? That was the first kind of big kind of hurdle that I had to go over because it was just a, 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 you know, a, a mental thing, right? Or a mind thing where it was just like, I told myself, ah, I don't know how I feel about this, but you and I talked and uh, that w I was over that pretty quickly. But then, you know, after that, I was, I always knew I wanted to have some type of business, something for myself. I mean, I always thought about like, say like a, you know, I love coffee. I, I wanted like a coffee shop. What else, some, What could I do, right? But then I started noticing that, you know, prior to having the, the, the mentorship program, even, you know, when I was still an assistant, I had a lot of people come up to me or, or write me through, you know, social media asking me, hey, advice, how do I get into scriptive? I was, do, I was just doing it, you know, and I enjoyed it. I would, I would sit, you know, meet people for coffee. I would write emails, respond to everyone because I really did enjoy it. And I understood what it felt like to be on the other side. Like I knew that feeling and it was, and it had been pretty recent. I guess I'm always pretty sensitive to those things. I, I just, I, I know people, I felt the pain, you know, and so I understand when people are going through the same thing, I want to help. That's just who I am as a person. 
you know, I then little by little, I just kind of started, you know, figuring, I had to figure things out, right? I just had started listening to podcasts, um, reading articles, um, and shape, changing my mindset, you know, now to say being an artist to now say, you know, being a business owner, right? Um, I had to just kind of learn. And, and that was just really, again, committing mistakes, reading articles, and just soaking up as much knowledge as possible. And I learned that, you know, I, I, I guess, yeah, we are experts. If we know, I mean, we don't have to be completely know everything, right? But I, but I know enough. I mean, I know a lot. I've been, I can certainly guide someone and that has a lot of value. I, you know, we can be experts. We don't have to know everything, you know, about, you know, whatever it is that we're, 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 we're teaching. I mean, if we know more than the next person, I think that already makes us experts, right? I mean, like there's someone that probably knows more than me, you know, like I'm saying, but I mean, it doesn't, it can't, doesn't mean that I can't do, uh, create a business based on my knowledge. And then, you know, I quickly realized that when I said, Hey, you know what? I did it. I went from, from, from not having any experience to landing, you know, inscripted landing in a new city. And I went through the steps and I, and I did it. I accomplished it. So of course I have a lot of knowledge to share. And that certainly has a lot of value. If I would have encountered that, say at the beginning, if I would have seen that someone offering those, you know, services from, you know, back in the day, trust me, I would have right there paid for it. It's like, of course, there's someone like speaking right to me. So yes, no, I mean like it's, it, but it, it is now changing that mindset. I think also for me, just simply, you know, now, you know, obviously getting older, you know, my, 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 I'm just, you know, I, I'm really just kind of, uh, my priorities are, are different and my goals are different. Um, but it is changing kind of this, this mindset that really, you know, it, it, you know, needs to happen. And to me, it just really was, you know, like I said, just talking to a lot of people, reading a lot and, and then just creating this program, just going through the, through the motions again, I, I, I'll say it again, making a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes, but I, knew I was not going to wait till things were perfect. Because if I did, we probably wouldn't even have launched the website by now, you know? So I just needed to go for it. Here we go. We'll see what happens. Of course, as I go, I'm making changes. You know, even with the podcast, I'm learning, you know, just better workflow, you know, better questions to ask. I feel much more comfortable on the mic. I mean, all these things, it's like, I don't stop learning, man, from, from you know, and I, I text you, hey, man, why did you tell me this was so much work? Because every time it's like... <laughs> All it's you like, have to do is upload an MP3, dude. It's yeah, not right. that hard. What's your problem? I know exactly, right? But yeah, it's just been a it's such a learning experience. Um, but yeah, I don't think anyone has to. No, I don't think anyone has to. I I understand it because I was there. I do get it. But yeah, you don't have to necessarily be you know know everything. You you know you already have enough knowledge to share, and 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 that uh, you know about whatever topic it is that you say you want to talk about or teach. You know, but it's like that has value. That certainly has value. Yeah. And what you embody so perfectly that I think is something we don't talk about in this industry or frankly, any other industry is how to redefine the term expert. People think an expert is top of their field, degrees, certifications, or a mentor, right? Like Walter Murch, he's an editing mentor. Dodie Dorn is an editing mentor. Thelma Schoonmaker, editing mentor, right? These are experts. But the way that I've redefined expert and the way that I teach it in my coaching program is that an expert is anybody that has gotten to where you want to be next. So would anybody say that a, a night assistant editor that's at an entry level at an unscripted company is an expert? Well, of course not, unless 
You're the college kid that just got out of school that desperately wants to be a night assistant editor at entry level doing logging at an unscripted company. Then that person is the world's foremost expert on the knowledge that you require next. So I say that, number one, for anybody listening that's thinking, well, it's great that Joaquin was able to do that, but he's, he's on Narcos. So of course, he's an expert in that field. I'm not an expert in anything. You are an expert to somebody. I don't care where you are. If you're a college kid, you are an expert to the high school kid that isn't sure how to manage his first year of college. So you need to rethink and redefine what you think an expert is if you're thinking to yourself, well, what value could I possibly bring to the world? Just find the right people that are saying, how do I find the person that's here? If you're there, you become their expert. And now you rephrase that and think, if I'm here and I want to get there, who's my expert going to be? That's how I redefine the word expert and or mentor. And I think that that's absolutely key and crucial. And that's exactly what you've done. You didn't say, I'm an expert editor. You said, I'm an expert at telling you how to transition from this little tiny niche of being a scripted assistant editor or getting into scripted from somewhere else and thus transitioning from assistant editor to editor because you've done it. So for somebody that's just a step or two behind you, you are their expert. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I learned that even me. Because yeah, exactly. That's who I I I back in the day. I remember um, I was uh, when I was in New York. There was um, uh, one of the companies that I worked for. I knew the like the general manager. He was from the same town that I was from. He was very successful, and I said to myself, "I want to learn from that guy." Right? He comes from the same town. We speak the same language. Like, how did you do it? That's as simple as that. Then, the, so I, I remember I asked him, "Hey, could you be my mentor?" And he said yes. And because I've always have known that, that it's like, hey, you, you're successful. You did it. I want to learn from, from you, right? And like you said, it's like, then that person becomes your, the expert in that for you. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like now, for example, you know, the, obviously the, you know, the way we learn, I think, has changed a lot, especially through this pandemic. I mean, now I, you know, going through, I don't know anything about like, say, cooking or building things, whatever. There's so many people you can find and, you know, they're, you know, you can find their your YouTube channel, or you can find their courses or whatever. That's you know, we're going through this new kind of you know era of learning, and it but it makes sense. Yeah, I want you know this person doesn't have to have let's say millions and whatever followers. I mean, like you know this guy can you know knows how to I don't know build furniture. Oh sure, I want to learn from that guy. He knows more way more than I do. But you know, so yeah, I agree with the way you described it. It's um you know say in my case for example, yeah, I can certainly I've been through the process. It worked. So I can certainly teach you all about it and, and you know, kind of guide you because I, I've been there. I've been through, you know, the trenches. That I, you know, I can certainly talk about it. I think the other key, too, that I want to go back to that's so important is this idea of consuming information versus taking action. I saw this firsthand with you. I talked to several people right when the pandemic started that were in a similar place as you. They reached out. And they said, I've always thought about kind of doing my own thing. I really admire what you've done with the podcast. And now you're teaching courses and you're doing the whole thing. That's great. Help me to do the same thing. So I had multiple conversations with people. But with you, within about a month, it went from, oh, I'm thinking of this to, hey, dude, I got my website up, got my first paid client, I'm doing my thing. I'm like, what? 
Like it took you, it took me years to get to this point. Joaquin's got a business in a month. But the key here is you said, I listen to podcasts, I write articles, but you took action. And the vast majority of people that are out here trying to do this, that might be listening right now, it's consume, 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 consume. Nope. I just got to watch one more course or one more YouTube video before I can really dive in. And you said, nope, I'm just going to build it. I'm going to suck. I'm going to fail. goes back to this whole theme of the the conversation is you decided to fail first and fail forwards. Mm -hmm. And within a month of you and I having the initial conversation, you're like, yep, just got a paid client. And you're probably not making a living off of it yet. But Mm -hmm. tell me about the mindset shift because this is such an important one. I had the same experience where I had spent years with what I call a really expensive hobby, which was me with Fitness and Post, where every month I just took money and I threw it into a fire here you go. Here's my money. Just kept throwing it into the fire, thinking to myself, this is a passion. This is a hobby. But my mindset changed the first time somebody paid me $97. I'm like, oh my God, this completely changes the game. It wasn't even hundred bucks. When I got that $97 charge and I got the email, I said, this changes my life. If I can repeat this and do it over and over and over. Talk to me specifically about the moment where you went from, I'm going to try to do this thing to oh my God, somebody just paid me real money for this. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that moment uh, really well. Uh, I remember um, my first, you know, mentee, you know, who paid me to for my eight-week, you know, mentorship program, who actually, I was just talking to her, uh, you know, before you and I started recording this. Yeah, the first time when she said, when she hired me, I was like, I was like, wow, like, you know, this, I hadn't, I, I had not made a, a sales push. I, the website was, you know, was not complete. Uh, probably had my picture, a couple, you know, lines of text. And so when, yeah, when she said, yeah, I'm, I want to hire you. And uh, we started doing the, the, the program. And then, it, you know, she was, she was a recent grad from, uh, you know, Chapman University, had just graduated, um, was, is looking to, you know, move to Hollywood and, and you know, work in post. And so when I started going through the, through the, through the classes and I, first of all, I realized, well, there's a lot. I certainly, yes, I can teach a lot. There's a lot of stuff to go through. I don't think eight weeks is going to be enough. She did not finish the program and got her first job. When that happened to me, it was like, I mean, I, I think this, I, I don't have kids. I feel like that's what a proud parent feels like that, that feeling. Cause she didn't, we didn't get to finish it. And she was able to get her first job in post-production in Hollywood, you know, obviously she did the work, she did the work, but it was through my guidance, right? None of the stuff that she was not aware of any of the stuff that I had talked to her about, I showed her and she was able to get that job even before we finished. And and to me, I said, all right, like, this is it, you know, it works. Right. And I just, that feeling that I had, I mean, like, I can't describe it, man. Just the way, this way to say it, it's like, just like a proud parent. Right. Um, And that definitely motivated me to keep going. And then I got the next, you know, client and then, you know, none, none from not making really any, this is all organic. I have not, you know, was not making, you know, a heavy sales push or anything. I mean, it's just happened organically. Um, you're right. I don't, you know, I can't live off of it. I had, you know, but just saying that at that moment, the beginning, that's what really kind of motivated me to say, Hey, you know, I have a lot of knowledge to share. And then, so as I just started going to writing articles, People reacting to it, responding to it, they just write out of the blue. Hey, you! I love what you what you wrote. You know, I love your podcast. Like that was great. Everyone, you know, kind of connects with a different guest. Um, 
to, to me, that, that, that motivates me a lot. I always tell people that support when I see, wow, that people are like, I mean, I have, I've had like parents of some of like, like the people I work with or like guests on the show contact me, you know, parents like say, Hey, I just love what you're doing. Thank you. And it's like, wow. I just, um, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I never, I guess thought, you know, I always thought of post-production as just simply editing and, but now seeing this side of it, I'm sure you understand uh, of helping people is like, you know, mentoring. It's so, I mean, it's just so fulfilling, so gratifying. I mean, it's just, it's a different feeling. Um, and I knew that it was something that I was always wanted to do. And it, I just, I like, I just like the feeling of it I, to be able to say I can help people. I have spent almost 10 years now raving about how much I love my topo mat. And I have finally discovered what I now consider the topo mat of desk chairs, the Core 360. The Core 360, spelled Q-O-R, is designed to keep me constantly moving while seated in an upright and balanced position. To learn more about how it works, let's hear from Core 360 founder, Dr. Turner Osler, about why he created the Core 360 active sitting chair. When you sit badly, you sit badly for many hours a day. And that's really what the problem is. It's very hard to make yourself get up and do jumping jacks every half hour. But if you just swap to a chair that requires you to be muscularly engaged in order not to fall off, it's an easy bar to clear. For the procrastinators out there who hear all of the statistics and know how bad sitting is and it's the new smoking and they're thinking, that's something I'll worry about in a few decades, you're gonna feel the effects of having more energy at two o'clock in the afternoon or four o'clock in the afternoon that day. And that's the whole point. Your core muscles will be stronger. You'll have less back pain. All of this will make you more available for the rest of the pursuits of your life, your kids, your hobbies, your whatever. For those of us who need to practically live in front of computers to do our best creative work, the Core 360 is going to level up your game. Keep your body moving and keep the creativity flowing. To learn more and purchase what I consider to be the topo mat of desk chairs, please go to optimizeyourself.me slash core360. That's optimizeyourself.me slash QOR360. Yeah, I can relate to all of that. I mean, the, the proud parent moments happen all the time. Um, and they're essentially what keep me going. And I think that it's so important for anybody that's listening to this right now, that's thinking to themselves, either I might want to start my own thing, but I'm afraid to start it or whatever. But now I have to go from being an artist, all of a sudden becoming a business owner. That's really, really scary. It's a slow progression. To this day, I'm still balancing editing Cobra Kai and doing what I'm doing, which just, if you look at my calendar, you find out how batshit crazy it is to try and balance all of these things. But the way that this this uh, this machine keeps rolling, it just starts with that one outreach email. There are at least three distinctive times I remember where I said, I'm done. This just, this isn't yielding results. This is so hard and I'm just not getting where I want to get. Or I had this idea of where I'm supposed to be and I wasn't. And then I say, I'm done. I'm going to turn, turn off the, the website and the podcast. It's just too much work. And then ding, email in the inbox. I just wanted to let you know, I listened to this episode. I had no idea that standing desks were even a thing. I tried it out. I feel so much better. It's like you changed the whole way I work. Damn it. Now I got to keep doing this. <laughs> I can't quit now. And then that's just this yeah. snowball that rolls down the hill. And now at least on a weekly basis, I'm getting messages in our Slack community. Just got a, an interview and got a job on this huge show and this big show. And I finally made this transition. Like, it's just like gasoline on a fire. 
And it's so much fun. And I think that's kind of going back to the question of, well, who, who am I to think that I can do this? The, the business model that you've taken on is very similar to my business model, where we only succeed if we provide a tremendous amount of value to people. And the vast majority of that value is free. 98% of the people that I help never pay me a cent. And it's the same thing for you. But those 2%, they're the ones to help keep the lights on so we can provide value for the other 98%. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but I still to this day have this experience where people say, oh, that's so nice of you to, to be doing the podcast and writing the articles. Like that, that's so great that you offer, offer that service and help all of us. I'm like, yeah, but you do know it's a business, right? They have no idea that I generate any income whatsoever. But I, the, the, just the, the impression of it is that I'm doing it as a public service. That to me is the perfect sweet spot where I'm doing everyone a public service and providing value, but it also helps me support myself because the more I grow, the more public service I can provide, which is exactly what you are doing. Yeah, no, I totally, I mean, uh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, first of all, yeah, I got to say, uh, just like you, there was those certainly moments where I was like, man, like it was it's like a week, <laughs> every week is different. And, you know, at times, yeah, I was like, man, this is not working out, you know, and then the next week I would get a, you know, an email or a comment and I'm like, all right, no, wow, you know, it is, it's great. And so I kept going, it just goes back and forth. Right. But uh, yeah, no, that's, that's just kind of, it's, 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 it certainly has been, again, a learning experience. I started creating, you know, and I still do, I mean, the, plenty of free content. I mean, in the end, because like I said before, that's what I used to do. I loved meeting with people and wrote back, you know, replied to every email, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to stop that all of a sudden and say like, well, no, now, now you need to pay me, right. To, 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 to talk to me or no, no, I, I still want to do it. I still want to help people. If you want to go, you know, further into it and, you know, have a more one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you know, relationship and, uh, then by all means, let's do it. But, uh, you know, I do genuinely like helping people out. I mean, I, I want to give out as much, you know, free advice as, as possible for sure. Um, but I also do want to give the opportunity to people to say, if you want to, you know, dive deeper into this stuff, um, certainly, you know, there's that opportunity, you know? Well, the, there's a story that comes to mind. It's a parable that I'm sure I'm going to butcher. But uh, are you, have you ever heard the story of Picasso on the napkin? I'm not familiar with it. So, uh, like I said, I'm going to butcher it because it's been uh, paraphrased in so many different ways. Uh, but it said that uh, Picasso was having lunch with someone. And they asked, hey, do you, could you draw this thing, like some image or whatever it was? And he just drew it on a napkin. It took him a few minutes. And the person looked at it and they said, this is amazing. This is gorgeous. And he said, if you'd like it, it'll just be $15,000. And they said, well, are you crazy? It took you like five minutes to draw that. He said, no, it took me 30 years to draw this. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And that's the part that people miss. They think that our value is all about the amount of time that we're giving. And no. It's not about you're worth this amount of minutes or this amount of hours. It's here's the value that I bring to you. It's not just, well, wait a second. I thought we were only meeting for 60 minutes. And when I talk to somebody else that does this other thing, that's for 60 minutes and they charge this. It's not about the time. What value and expertise can you bring to the conversation, which goes back to anybody thinking, well, I'm not an expert. Again, yes, you are. You can provide value to the right person if you find them. And that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about next, where you and I dove deep into this process. You realize, I want to make this transition. I want to go from being an artist to being an entrepreneur or combining both, because you're obviously not giving up the artistry and the editing, but you're combining these two. And all of a sudden, you get a taste of what it's like to start working with somebody. But then the question becomes, yeah, but how do I actually help people? What do I do? I'm so stuck. Like, how do I do this? And the simplest answer is that you ask.
So talk to me a little bit more about your process of learning. How can I actually provide value? Because so many people get stuck at this point. Well, first of all, you know, I, like I tell people, I need to also improve, you know, myself and, and work on myself in order to, to provide a service to someone to offer guidance, right? So I'm constantly also always, you know, learning about myself, reading books, I'm, you know, meditating, everything. I put in that work with me before I can obviously then offer that to someone else. Um, I'm constantly doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I it's, it's, a uh, it's about, yes, asking a lot of questions, asking a, a lot of questions uh, to people, telling them that, Hey, I'm here to listen, right? I, I'm here to listen. And I, cause I know what it feels like. You want someone just to sometimes just listen to you. That really, that's what it is. I had this conversation with one of my, my mentees. It's like, sometimes I just want to, just someone to hear me and that I can bounce ideas off of, you know, especially someone who knows what I'm talking about or say we work in the same area, you know, sometimes that's all it is. And so I like to just, and like I said, I really enjoy listening uh, to people talk. I enjoy hearing stories and other people's experiences. And so that's what I do. I, li- I like to listen. I like to ask a lot of questions. And then, you know, now, like I said, I've been doing this, you know, in general for, you know, working in, in just in post in media for like close to 20 years, I've been in many scenarios, things that you, I mean, they don't teach you this stuff in school. I mean, like this is stuff that you have to, have to actually have to live through. You have to be in that room with that showrunner, specific situations that there's no way to like recreate it, right? You know, whatever, if you're dealing or stuff that you're dealing with the Avid or, or anything, it's these things that I've been through that I can certainly talk, to, talk about and guide you through. And that's, I think that, yeah, that's where the, 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 the value is, right? I mean, this, like I said, it's not, this is a, now, like I said, for 20 years of, or close to 20 years of experience that I'm bringing to this. Um, even though, for example, let's say I've only been in, in scripted, say, for, you know, what, three years. But, you know, I've been dealing with producers for, like I said, you know, almost 20 years and, and, and been in crazy, you know, uh, situations. Uh, I used to work a lot in, in, in live TV. I've now worked in New York, you know, and CLA, San Diego. I worked in Mexico. I mean, there's, there's a lot I bring to the table, right? There's certainly, I can speak a lot about many situations. Um, I've been, and also like just the, the, the more personal kind of emotional things. Cause I, you know, like I said, I've, I've been through, I've been through those, uh, you know, panic attacks, <laughs> anxiety attacks, all these things. I've been through the financial stuff the, the you know, I mean, it's like, but this is just kind of, you know, experience that I've, I've acquired uh over so many years but so yeah I, I really just like to discover what people uh I like to build relationships and and discover who people are and so that I can best serve them and you know this is all the, my program it's all you know it's custom tailored to their needs to the mentees needs and you know it's it's, it's just it's a lot about listening so having someone there to really be you know have tolerant and you know and and, and, and to be understanding and to be, you know, like I said, just like someone that can hold your hand, right? It, it's, uh, that's really important because I, again, it's just what I needed when I was doing it. I understand being in a situation. So now I want to talk about the elephant in the room. This is going to be a, a fear that a lot of people have. And the elephant in the room is that you're my competition. <laughs> you're doing what I'm doing. And you're going after my clients and you're taking money out of my pocket. How dare you? You're you're Ooh. trying to do what I'm doing, right? <laughs> right? And a lot of people get their this thought in their minds: Why should I do this? Other people are already doing it. There, there's no more space for me. 
So why didn't you have that fear? Why didn't you think to myself, why would I mentor assistant editors that uh, want to make the transition to editor? Somebody else is already doing it. Why did you overcome that fear? Because I overcame that fear because I just knew I could put my own twist on it, right? It was my personal project. And so, yeah, sure, you can have, say, many different people doing the same thing, you know, but everyone's going to do it differently, right? We're all going to have our different ingredients, our formulas. And so there is plenty of room for, for, for more people to, to join in and, and, and do this stuff because everyone's going to put their, their own spin on it. We all have different personalities. People are going to, certain people are going to connect with us. Like certain people are going to connect with me. Maybe some people are going to connect with you. Like it's just, it's just like any other relationship, right? I mean, it's just, um, you, you're just going to connect with different people. Um, and so there is definitely, um, you know, room, say, for more competition or, you know, other people kind of, like I said, doing the same thing because, you know, we're all going to kind of put our, our spin on it. But yeah, no, I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, I, I just knew that this was just kind of, hey, I want to put my own spin on this, you know, I, my own flavor. And so that's, that really is what, um, you know, got me over that fear. Did I think about it? Absolutely, dude. I, of course. I mean, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, That's why I called it the elephant in the room. Exactly. No, no, no. no. <laughs> and you and I, you know, we had never, you know, really, you know, talked about it, right? I mean, but I mean, it was just always kind of like, well, yeah, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to do my thing, my thing. You know, I'm not, it's not even thinking about, say, what you do. I, you know, I have not, say, taken your program, right? I mean, I've, obviously, you and I talk a lot and, and you know, you, you know, we share ideas and whatnot, but. Um, and I listen to your podcast and I read your articles. Um, but in the end, it's like my, I, I focus on myself. I just said, just do what you do. Do it your way. That, that, don't, don't, don't think about anyone else. Nothing. Just, just do write about what you want to write about, you know, do the podcast the way you want to do it. That should be, I think the focus for anyone, just focus on your idea and execute it. Don't think about anything external. Um, don't worry about the competition. Just, if you start worrying about the competition, that's where you're going to stumble. And so it's important to just focus on your idea and just execute. I love that. That's actually one of the, the core key mindsets that I teach in my program is that you have to learn how to run your own race. Something I've seen in many, many Spartan races, and they even talk about it. I, I went through a, like a, a private Spartan event where they take you behind the scenes and they have top trainers that are teaching you the tricks of the obstacles and whatnot. And they say that everybody gets so caught up and going through the race and looking at everybody else and saying, they're not doing their burpees or how come they're doing it this way? And they get so caught up in it that they're wasting all this energy. Just run your own race. Focus on what you are doing, not what everybody else is doing. But I think the other key here is that you're doing it differently than I am. You are serving different people that have different stories that are going to say, you know what? Zach talks about a lot of the same stuff, but Joaquin's my guy. He's, he's going to get me more and we're going to connect more. And the way that I see it, so if I'm looking at it from my perspective and somebody's asking, well, why would you have Joaquin on the podcast? And why would you potentially take somebody listening that's like, I was going to give Zach money, but now I'm going to give it to Joaquin instead. Well, I'm going to tell you why I would do that. I believe that a rising tide lifts all ships. And the better I can make you, the more that's going to encourage other people to do the same thing and provide value to others. That's the first part of it. The second part, this is something that I've learned from my ninja training. I heard this from a, a big name ninja, and this is a, a very per pervasive mentality. And it's very unique to the ninja sport. This is one of the reasons that I gravitated towards it, is that you see them 
they're encouraging each other. They're helping each other. There's no competition. It's not a matter of, there's no trash talk. It's not the WWE or professional sports. And one time somebody asked like, why, why do you guys encourage each other and actually give away your secrets? And they say, it's because if I'm going to be number one, I want to beat somebody else on their best day, not their worst day. So the better I make them by default, the better I have to make myself because my competition gets better. And I don't see us as competition at, at all. Like I, I don't see it that way, which is why I want to support you as much as I can. But even if I did, the better I make you, the more that forces me to get better too, because now I know that you're on my coattails and I got to keep <laughs> up, right? And that's not no, the yeah. way that I see it, but I feel that if I can support you, other people are going to feel like, oh, maybe I can do this too. Then all of a sudden this just becomes a thing. Because when I started this, nobody was doing this in our field. It's not like I, inv I didn't invent the wheel. Many people are doing it in other fields, but nobody was doing it in this one. So if you can do it and encourage somebody else to do it, now all of a sudden it's a thing. And now we can all support each other. That to me is really exciting. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, in, 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 you know, in, in, thank you, honestly, Zach, you know, uh, because, you know, obviously we, it's funny that we're doing it here, right? On the, on the podcast. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's like, it's important just for everyone, right? It's like, I think going back to this idea of comfort, um, I, I, I certainly recognize it. I need to kind of every once in a while, I need to kind of check myself and see, all right, I gotta, you know, with whatever I'm doing, how can I get better? Cause it could easily get comfortable with something. And so I do recognize that at times I need to, you know, encounter new challenges or something uh, to, 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 to just get me going. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to just get comfortable with things. So I think, yeah, no, certainly, um, th that's, in, that's important. Right. And, and this, yeah, it's idea again, again, I think it's connection. Like I certainly see it. Like, for example, the stuff, the, 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 the podcast, the hosts that I listen to, or like, you know, people who are out there doing courses or, or YouTube videos, I, I recognize who I connect with. Right. Like, I might watch say two people doing this, talking about the same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm sure going to connect, you know, more with, the uh, another one, right? The other one, one person than the other. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's, you know, it's important to find that person that you truly uh, connect with. And yeah, if we can get more people to, you know, again, like you said, if more people start doing this, then more people that people could, other people could connect with, right? Other students, mentees, whatever you want to identify them as, but yes, you create more options. And it's just like, you know, people are going to find, you know, what they're looking for uh, with, with, I think, personalities and, and just uh, the product, you know, because everything, everyone's going to just do it differently. Well, speaking of the product and mentorship and everything else, now is the shameless plug portion of the show <laughs> where if somebody is listening and they say, man, I, I think Joaquin might be my guy. He seems to get me and I'm looking for that mentor or quote unquote expert. That's where I want to be next. Talk to people about how they can find you and talk about all of the various services, skills, everything that you cover. Like just do the, the shameless pitch for Hollywood right. Editing Mentor. Uh, man, so yeah, Hollywood Editing Mentor can be found at hollywoodeditingmentor.com. There is a lot of, you know, free advice on there. I have a lot of, you know, uh, written articles, a lot of video tutorials, say on, for example, from like how to join the union, uh, how to build your, uh, you know, scripted TV project in Avid. I've had, you know, uh, you know, guest, uh, you know, writers on there, such as uh, uh, Augie Rexach. Um, and so there's, there's that. I have obviously the podcast on there where I talk to, you know, uh, a lot of Emmy-winning, Emmy-nominated editors and assistant editors. I'm going to be talking to other people, you know, who are working in post um, and just sharing their stories. Again, it's like the way that I approach things is like, I just like to share stories just so you can see that everyone does it differently. 
that's a, a big, you know, what I teach, a big part of it is saying, hey, like everyone has their own journey. Just, and just listen to these people and see how they're doing it. These are all very successful people. Like listen to those people and maybe, and then look at the people who are not doing and see what, what they're not doing, right? And just compare, see what works. You can, you can clearly see these things. You know, so uh, what I offer though, as, as, uh, as my services, I do offer at the moment a four week and an eight week mentorship program where, you know, we meet once a week for, you know, uh, a, a certain amount of time. Um, and so we go over uh, whatever the mentee wants to uh, talk about. For example, it could be, say, um, if you want to focus on the hard skills, say you want to work, focus on learning Avid, say the scripted, uh, you know, uh, assistant editor workflow, we can do that. If you want to learn more about the soft skills, we can talk about that. Say like, you know, uh, time management, building relationships, communicating, you know, say with your editor, resume building, all those things, or a mix of both, whatever it is. I'm, you know, basically, you know, want to make sure that I, I, I address uh, the issues, say, that you're dealing with, right? So it's very custom tailored. Um, and it's a four-week or eight-week program. Um, I do have a private community where all of my mentees uh, can certainly meet and talk, and, you know, whether it be about, say, someone knows about a job or you want to just share some f- funny stories or industry news, anything. It's about building a community where we help each other out. I want to take the networking game, you know, make it, take it to the next level, take it, you know, make it different. Just, I am all about building relationships and building a, a community. Uh, I'm working on putting together some online video courses. Uh, some people might not want to do the one-on-one coaching. And so I want to make, uh, offer, you know, online video courses that people can just kind of go through them at their own pace. Uh, I will also, uh, I'm working on putting together group classes if people prefer to work, say, also one-on-one, but more with a group, right? Uh, I'm putting that t- together. And so, but everything uh, can be found at HollywoodEditingMentor.com. Uh, like I said, I am I'm someone here that has been through a lot, has experienced a lot, has committed a lot of mistakes. I can save people a lot of time. That's what I tell people. I wish I... You know, I could, it's like one person I worked with, he simply did not know, had, did not have a Facebook account, did not know the networking game, say on Facebook, he did it, that, you know, had never used it. All I did was I showed him how to do it, I showed him these things, right? And he was, his mind was blown. He was like, oh my God, this is the community that's out there on Facebook and all that. He discovered so many things. That, you know, that could be months, a year, someone discovers that. Maybe never, because you're just like, I don't want to open a Facebook account, right? Or whatever it is. But, this idea of saving someone so much time, honestly, I'm telling you from my experience, I wish someone could have saved me. I mean, I took me over a year to write, to get into scripted. I mean, like if I could have done it, you know, in two, three months, wow, look at all the time I've saved, right? And time, time is money. And so I tell people this, I want to save you time and stress. And I just give you, here's what you need to know. Don't look at, the, you know, just package it all in. Here's what you need to know. And let's focus on that. And just go for it, right? And it's and it's someone here that is understanding uh, of what you've been you're going through because I've been through it. I know that feeling of, like I said, being out there alone and not having someone guide you. I know the importance of that. And here's someone that's here to listen to you and give you advice. And and, and hopefully we can build uh, a relationship. And and you know, stay honestly, we can stay friends. You know, become friends and, and you know, and connected forever. You know, I mean, this is the idea. 
is right is to, to to meet new people to build a community and we definitely want to help each other out so you know and that's 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 what the the hollywood editing mentor program is all about again find it at hollywoodeditingmentor.com and and you know um i'm just uh, i'm happy to i enjoy i enjoy it that's the thing i've discovered through this process that how much i just honestly enjoy it uh working with people it's something that i, I just i truly like I, I like meeting new people meeting new friends uh so this is a, a space uh, you know a space for for you to come you know, it's, it's, it's safe. It's, it's, uh, you know, somewhere where you can just kind of, you know, uh, share whatever's on your mind and, uh, and, 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 you know, have someone just bounce off ideas off of another person and, and, and connect, hopefully build a connection. I love it. You're looking for your new best friend, Hollywood editing mentor.com. <laughs> Joaquin, I'm so glad we finally got this on the record. I can't wait for people to listen to it and be inspired by your story and hopefully be inspired to work with you. So Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. No, thank you, Zach. And honestly, like I've always told you, I'll say it again. Thank you for everything that you've done for me and how you've helped me out. Um, I truly, you know, thank you for the, you know, uh, I cannot thank you enough, honestly. You bet. I'm more than happy to help. And like I said, the better I make you, the better it makes me in return. So it's, 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 it's all about all of us getting better at the same time. The rising tide lifts all boats. So thank you so awesome. much for being here. Uh, thanks for having me, Zach. Thank you so much for investing both your time and energy listening to today's show. If you were inspired by this conversation, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app of choice and most importantly, leave a review because that helps move the show to the top of iTunes and get our message out there to those who need it the most. Simply visit optimizeyourself.me slash subscribe to never miss another episode. Lastly, stay safe, healthy, sane, and most importantly, be well. One last thing before I lose you. If you haven't already, I want to make sure that you subscribe to my free weekly Case of the Mondays newsletter because it is where I share my best advice, strategies, and mindsets to help you design a creative career that you absolutely love showing up for every Monday morning. When you sign up, I'm even going to send you a bonus five-day email course to help you clarify and prioritize the next small steps in your unique path to success. To sign up, just visit optimizeyourself.me newsletter, and I will see you in your inbox.